The following program contains mature subject matter. Listener discretion is advised. Turn us on and the satisfaction's guaranteed. Frank discussion with passion on CJD 800. Tonight on the program, we have our therapist panel, uh, virtually of course, so we're all in different places. We will discuss the stress and strain that we may be experiencing now, especially as the restrictions are slowly lifting. It's like we were looking forward to this, but I think it's causing a lot of uncertainty, uh, especially since they announced that elementary schools and uh, daycares would uh, would reopen May 19th. I think a lot of people are stressing out over this. So we'll discuss uh, with our panel how to cope with all of this. And of course, we'd love to get your input as well. But first... Calling's not the only way to connect. The inbox is easy and always open at 514-800. Answering your sex and relationship questions at the beginning of every show, 514-800 to text in. You can always email me your questions to laurie at drlaurie.com. Um, I'm a woman. I have a small hemorrhoid that's visible down there. It doesn't hurt, and I've already seen my doctor about it. My question is about what men might think if I sleep with someone and they see me naked. What if they ask about it? How do I tell them what it is without messing up the mood? Will they be disgusted? I haven't had sex since it happened, but I'm tired of putting my life on hold when it doesn't bother me in any other way. Of course, hemorrhoids are so common, uh, so common. I mean, these are just little lumps of tissue in and around uh, the anus, which contain uh, blood vessels, which are basically um, enlarged. There's nothing to worry about, generally uh, speaking. Some, for some people, they can be quite uncomfortable, causing itching and pain and such, um, and for some people, even trouble uh, sitting. But you know what? Most people live with them just fine. Uh, for many, a little bit is visible. For some, it's more internal, so uh, not visible. But the, the extra ones are like tiny little protrusions around the opening of the anus. Now, I can understand why you might be embarrassed or thinking that, oh, somebody's going to notice. I can assure you, you are far more self-conscious than you need to be. Um, I think someone would have to look pretty closely at the inside of your butt uh, to even uh, notice it. Remember, these are generally uh, quite uh, small. And even if they do notice it, I'm pretty sure no one would care. I'm pretty sure they've seen them before because they are that common. And they certainly should not interfere with your sexual pleasure or your ability to give your partner pleasure. Of course, the only if thing here is with anal sex, if you have hemorrhoids that are itchy, burning, whatever, it's the one thing you want to avoid, right? Uh, because that could aggravate it, could burst them or, or whatever. So that's not something to do. 514-800, if uh, you have a question to ask or if you want to call in, you can also do that, 514-790-0800. I've been on dating apps for a while, I've fallen into a pattern where I match with someone, we chat for a while between a couple of days and a few weeks, and things seem to be going really well, so we make a date. But once we're on the date, I freeze up. I know I'm smart and can be charming, but in those situations, I just totally lose the ability to show it. 
I get anxious, turn red, and can't express myself properly. There's silences that I just don't know how to fill. I totally freeze. How can I be the same person in real life that I am through messaging? So yes, some people can be a little uh, socially awkward and they, they don't know what to say or what to talk about. Um, here's the thing. Being a better communicator is something that can be learned. So you can learn it too. Uh, one, our, uh, one of our regulars, Frank Kermit, who's a dating coach, has written actually a book about uh, different dating uh, conversations. So you can look that up at franktalks.com. Uh, like I think it's called 101 date, different date conversations or something like that. Even working with a dating coach could help to practice these conversations. But here's what I suggest, especially now during these times where we're really not supposed to be going out and dating new people is, um, establish a connection online right? So the back and forth texting, then move to phone conversations, then move to virtual, uh, face-to-face conversations. And I think that this will ease you in to, um, when you meet the person in real life, because you'll have connected with them at least, uh, visually and, and the dates, the online conversations, don't have to be long, 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 right? But you want to see if you connect in terms of conversationally and you have things to talk about with that person. Long silences has nothing to do with, you don't have to be responsible to fill the silences all the time. A conversation is one that's back and forth. And when you are unsure about um, what to talk about, you can always ask questions, ask them about something interesting about their life or may you pick up on, on some, something that they've said and you, you go into it further. So this is what it's about showing interest in, in the other person, not like an interview style where you bombard somebody with question, one question after the other, but where it's a conversation, somebody says something, you elaborate on that something, right? And then you ask, you show interest because when you start to try to fill silences, you end up mostly just talking about yourself. And that's one thing that doesn't actually work real well on a date is when one person stays silent and the other person just talks and talks and talks and talks about, uh, themselves, right? So that doesn't, um, that you may not get a second date after that. Uh, question, uh, text here, messaging and reality, two very different things. It's a normal thing. Personally, I find it a cute thing. It makes, makes you feel like 16 again. Well, maybe, but I don't know how old this person is. Um, so, uh, this, uh, be honest for this guy. Most mature men will not care. Be yourself. Oh, this has to do with the hemorrhoid. If your man cannot take you for you and your imperfections, think of it like this. Not an imperfection, it's a feature. Yeah, I'm not sure a hemorrhoid is much of a feature, but nonetheless. Uh, And hemorrhoids do look gross, so it's not something you should talk about, especially when you're about to have sex. You probably don't have to talk about it. It doesn't have to be. It could be completely ignored too. You're not going to say, Hey, by the way, I have hemorrhoids or, or what have you. Um, unless your partner says, Hey, what, what's this? I notice or, or whatever, you know, and then you can just explain it as nonchalantly as possible. Oh, it's, you know, it's a little tiny blood clot or a blood 
filled thing. <laughs> you don't even have to use the word hemorrhoid. I think the word hemorrhoid is what gets people also. It's like, you know, when you see the, it's like a, it's like a, one of those cringeworthy, um, words. Ooh, you have hemorrhoids, you know, but yet they are super, super, super common. Um, a texter wrote in, I enjoy your show always, but whatever happened to Kai, you two are a great team. So if you are a longtime listener, you'll know Kai Bear, who used to play for the uh, Montreal Alouettes for uh, quite some time, uh, was a regular guest on my Friday shows. And yes, we made a great team because we are also very, very good friends. And um, he has retired from football. I think he's the oldest guy to play on the uh, to play in the CFL. And uh, anyway, so he has moved to his hometown of uh, Louisiana. So he is back in Louisiana. Has had two babies. Just his wife just just gave birth to his first son. So he has three daughters and a son now. And he's over the moon. Uh, so, uh, yes, I just wanted to give you an update about our good friend and, and it's our good friend, not just my good friend coming up. Our therapist panel will join us to discuss, uh, your concerns, uh, and, and how you may be feeling about the easing of restrictions, a safe place to work out the kinks in any relationship. It's passion with CGAD 800's Dr. Lori Batito. Once a month here on the program, our therapist panel joins me. Usually we are four therapists in the room. Right now, because of technology, we can only bring in two of the three so uh, and virtually. So it's not quite the same, but it's okay. We'll make the best of it. Everybody's making the best of this situation, and we will too. Uh, we're going to talk about the stress and the strain that you may be experiencing especially now hearing that restrictions are slowly lifting. What do you, what does this make you think of? What are you worried about? Like I have a million questions about this kind of thing happening. Not that I have, uh, by the way, the answers to, to these, but at least we have the answers to help you maybe cope with these uncertainties. And, um, like, are you, do you feel prepared? Do you feel prepared to go back to, I don't think it'll be life as we knew it, for sure not, um, but loosening of the, uh, of the restrictions. I, I personally, I don't feel prepared to go back to the way uh, things were just yet. Maybe it's because I am actually enjoying this, this time. For me, it feels like a, a semi-retirement, <laughs> which is kind of nice because I'm getting to do stuff that I have not had time to do so that that's good but I know for a lot of people it's also a time of great anxiety and especially with the work question and the kids and what do we do with the kids and do we let them go back to school and what happens and what if they get it you know what if they come home and they catch it and how do we enforce social distancing to a six-year-old and how I mean it's just one question after the other uh, so not sure if I have them, you have them, we all have them, but how are we coping with this uncertainty? Joining me tonight is a psychologist and college professor, Jackie Miller. Hi, Jackie. Hi, Laurie. And we have our health psychologist, Stéphane Bensusen, who is the founder of Psy Santé on the West Island as well. Hi, Stéphane. Hi, Laurie. Hi, Jackie. Hi, everyone. So how are, how's everybody uh, doing? Are, are you getting uh, calls? Like I'm getting, um, I'm getting quite a few 
calls from like dis- distressed people, you know, who are who are worried uh, uh, still or more about an elderly parent who are feeling terribly depressed, people who can't sleep, uh, people who are uh, worried about what to do with their kids. So maybe we can start with that one. And I want to mm-hmm. let our listeners weigh in on this too, um, how they feel about the elementary schools reopening, the daycares reopening, and does this bring on more uh, more questions? I'm sure you guys have get questions and, and hear these concerns every day. Stefan, how are you uh, handling this? Well, we're still open. We're still lucky enough to be considered an essential service, so we are seeing um, the population and helping people, those in need. Um, we're closed. Uh, the clinic is closed, but we are seeing people remotely by video conferencing. Right. Yeah, all of us phone. are doing that, I think. The three of yeah, us are doing that. Yeah, it's working mm-hmm. out fairly well, actually. I was I'm I like quite it. surprised, and it's convenient <laughs> for a lot of people, and it just works. It just seems to work. So, yeah. Uh, I'm yeah. even doing some hypnosis sessions over Zoom, and it's oh, yeah? working out really nicely. Oh, so. that's cool. I find that the only challenge has been to when because the kids are home. So it's finding yeah. a time. Like I've had clients yeah. who've gone in their cars, you know, we've yeah. had a virtual session. They've had to go into the garage or the car or whatever, like to get away, to be yeah, able to be to find that private space. Uninterrupted. Yeah. yeah. Doesn't work for all. But, uh, yeah, the, we're still seeing people. Um, the first few weeks of the uh, the confinement was very quiet for us. Everybody was, wasn't sure what to do. But uh, it's kind of grown. People are used to being home, and their mental health needs are still there. So they're, they're reaching out now, and they're saying, we need to speak. It doesn't matter how we speak, but I need to speak to you. So they're mm. reaching out and getting the help that they, that they need. So that's, that's a really good sign. Yeah, and I'm cur- I, I encourage people, please, to to reach out. Therapists are, all of us are doing virtual, well, most of us anyway are mm-hmm. doing virtual therapy. So I think it's important that if you need it, reach out. Some of you who may not be working right now still are still covered by your insurances. Uh, so you you might want to check with, uh, I mean, if you're just on furlough, I think you're, um, you know, you're, you're still covered. So you may want, that's something you may want to check because that covers a lot of the, uh, a lot of the costs. Jackie, what are you, uh, are you hearing any? uh, Yeah, I think it's kind of gone through like waves, you know, at the beginning, it was a lot, I was talking a lot with clients just about like loss, you know, loss of routine and, you know, coping with, you know, getting a new routine and just having a lot of compassion for themselves, like to to adjust and not, Mm -hmm. you know, expecting themselves to adjust too quickly, they could have good days and bad days. And then it's like, they got into a a pseudo new routine and then as soon as they started to feel oh yeah I'm, I'm coping a little bit better I'm adjusting a little bit better than the news today about reopening mm-hmm. and so I had uh, you know some conversations or some sessions with people who are like okay but wait I just <laughs> kind of wrap my mind around you know getting used to my new routine and and getting used to coping and now I've got to think about okay I'm starting. I'm starting now to feel a little bit more safe in my new routine, right. and now I've got to go maybe back to send my kids to school or back to if it's a job or. And, and now I'm not. Now I'm feeling unsafe again. It took me a while to feel safe, and now I'm unsafe again. Right. So that's sort of what I've been seeing, like especially today, since the news was today. Right. I'm curious to hear from parents too. Um, let us know five one four eight hundred. How do you feel, and what? Like what kinds of questions, like what are you questioning around that? Because I'm finding that 
there's more uncertainty than certainty. So, okay, so we mm-hmm. open the schools. And then what? What does that mean for the school year for those kids that don't go? Because it's voluntary, right? So you don't have to go. What if you have a kid that's saying, but I don't have to go, Mom. Like, why are you sending me to school? I'm not going. I'm not going. Uh, so you have to deal with that. <laughs> uh, I mean, there's so many. There just seems to be a lot of things that parents are going to have to cope with. And then the worry about, like, how do we... Ms. Stefan, you work with kids. Like, how do we how do we get kids to social distance? Like, how do we get kids mm. to understand that whole concept? Well, it's it's tough for the early ones. The preschoolers are going to be really difficult because you can tell them once, twice, ten times, they'll still won't understand. If they see their friend, they want to go hug them. They're yeah. going to go. Um, elementary school kids, by the age of five, most kids will know that it's not okay to go hug your friend and keep a distance and keep a, a seat apart. So. Most kids will be able to follow the rules properly. Okay. Um, it's just more at recess and at lunchtime and at the crazy hours where they all go to their lockers and, and oh, that's yes. the part that I'm concerned about. How are they going to keep that social distancing? It's going to be a little difficult, but I'm sure the school boards will be creative in terms of finding out solutions to keep you know kids uh, doing that. Or if we test all the kids and we find out that they're all safe, then, then there's really no issue, is there? If, I, if we test all the kids, but is that something they're talking about? They've mentioned it. Uh, I don't know how much they're going to enforce it, but it'd certainly be a, a nice thing to have, like a certificate of health, for example, that, mm-hmm. that they do in some countries. Right. Once you've been tested, you get a certificate, and then you can attend school or can go to your activities. That's a good idea. Normal. That's a that good idea. That would be fun. Yeah, that, but then again, like you can be tested today and uh, next week be exposed. <laughs> it's yeah. like, you know, again, it's yeah. like there's no guarantee. Are we going to test every week? You can week? have false negative, like false negatives it says you don't sure. but you do so yeah yeah there's no there's no guarantees right but we do have to get back to, to normal to something sometime, yeah at some point well and that's so it exactly if we I, do it gradually and we we can do like kids from last names a to n start for example on mondays and wednesdays and fridays and the other kids start on tuesdays and thursdays mm-hmm. maybe maybe there can be some sort of way to kind of keep kids in a, in a classroom and and keep them orderly keep them organized and I'm sure a lot of the parents are going to want to keep their kids home anyways, like you mentioned. It's right. probably going to be optional. So It is optional. Yeah, I don't they think say it's, it's going to be that, that busy yeah. in the classrooms, but I think it will grow over time as they see that there's, a, there's another routine that's settled in. Mm-hmm. Jackie? Yeah, I think parents um, are struggling with sort of a trust issue. Like, you know, do I trust that if I let my kids go to school that it's set up in a way that, you know, they're going to, they feel confident that they're not, um, like one of the parents I was speaking to is like, yeah, I don't want to just be, you know, the test subject to see how this works. Mm, right? right. And so I think parents are really struggling with that trust issue of, okay, do I trust because, because it's such a changing situation and we don't know a lot and we're always getting new information, you know, the, the thought, those thoughts of, well, what if, what if, there, there's a lot of those types of thoughts for parents. Yes. Well, what if now they say it's okay, but then they find out new information. And so I think for parents trying to manage those what if thoughts while making decisions about their children, that that's going to be, that's for some people is a struggle. Mm-hmm. And some of it is a calculated risk mm-hmm. as well, right? So if you are parents that are not high risk yourselves and you don't have contact with elderly parents and you maintain that you may find it for your own mental health 
better to send your kids to school because six weeks in, they may be driving you bananas. I don't know. Like it must be well, hard for some parents. That's what some of my my clients are saying. I can't wait <laughs> for God. them to go back. I can't take it anymore. They don't have <laughs> enough space. They don't have time to work on anything. Every time I have a phone call, my kids come in and interrupt, and I, I'm not productive, and I'm feeling really stressed with work and with the kids and managing both, and it's really hard. Yeah, and, I, and I'm hearing also from parents who cannot ma- manage the homeschooling. Their kids mm-hmm. are not listening. Yeah. They don't know, like, they just don't they're not teachers let's face it they're not teachers that's why they send their kids to school and trust the teachers to do this job who are trained for this Uh, so they've kind of let it go you know it's like well I tell my kid to to do the work online I tell my but I don't know how to enforce it and so they're having trouble with that and I think that that's you know like the the underlying sort of or or the important message is that you know, everyone, this is such a unique situation and everyone is going to bring their strengths and weaknesses in their coping to the table. Mm-hmm. So everyone's going to be at a different pace. And so it's really, I think, important that just people have compassion for the, like, you know, because a lot of people, say, well, I'm going to do all these amazing things. Like I'm going to learn a language. I'm going to exercise every day. And other people are like, I just want to, you know, ha- you know, make sure they get breakfast. Right. <laughs> right. And so I think it's just having, so I think it's going to be a really individual decision, even though all the schools may open or they may open gradually. I think it's going to be a really personal individual decision for parents based on how, how they, how they cope in general. Right. Um, And, And it may be good for them to send the kids to school. It may be worth the uh, the calculated risk, mm-hmm. right? Because we, we're going to have to start taking some of these calculated mm-hmm. risks anyway. It's all about reopening. Um, our therapist panel is with us, uh, psychologist and college professor Jackie Miller, along with health psychologist Stefan Bensusen. We're going to talk about uh, how do we uh, re-enter or uh, reintegrate into real life. I, I don't know. We'll have to figure that out. But uh, this is co- the confi- times of confinement are slowly easing. So how will we cope? We'll deal with that after we check in with our CJ8800 newsroom. The following program contains mature subject matter. Listener discretion is advised. From the pleasure and the politics to the hang-ups and the heartbreak, you're listening to Passion, CJD 800. Couple of texts here. We've been discussing with my therapist panel as the restrictions lift, the uh, going back to schools opening up again uh, in the next couple of weeks, all of that creating a lot of uncertainty. Um, as Drew said, all they did was just st- was start an argument between me and my wife as to whether we're sending our kid back to school or not. So it's causing trouble. You know, some people may think no way, and, and another person in the couple may say yes, yes, yes. So, of course, there's uh, there's that. Uh, another text writes, we have to be realistic. Econ- economy has to reopen slowly. COVID-19 will be around for a long while after. We will all have to take as much precautions as possible, some more than others. But people will continue to get sick. Bottom line is, at your own risk and good luck. Sad but true until a vaccine or some kind of inoculation. Another, uh, Craig writes, I personally think opening schools are a good thing. Kids are meant to socialize. It's part of their development. As long as there aren't elders over 70 in your household, then go for it. Open the global shutdown. People over 70 stay home and let the rest of us live our lives. 
Another one, I would rather keep my kids home and regret that versus sending them back and regret that more. Um, well, it was discovered recently, children getting COVID toes and heart issues as a result of COVID-19. Maybe this will delay back to school. I, I did uh, see a, a research today about some kids, younger people experiencing like blood clots or experiencing some other issues. Uh, so it's not like completely innocuous for them to, to catch it either. Mm-hmm. Um, joining me, uh, Jackie Miller is a psychologist and college professor. Uh, Stefan Bensusen is a health psychologist and founder of Psy Santé, a clinic on uh, the West Island. So trying to make that decision, how do we go about assessing that? We, we talked about each of us have, has to make that decision for ourselves. We're all in, in different uh, positions in life, right? Different uh different factors maybe to, uh, to consider. So, um, Stefan, what, um, uh, what would you recommend? Well, first of all, we have to understand that there's no right or wrong decision. There's okay. one decision for you, for your family, um, whether you have an elder parent uh, living with you, it changes the situation around. If you're at a health risk, you might be at risk, so you may want to make those decisions. And and your decisions will be different than, than your neighbor's decision. And mm-hmm. it doesn't mean that you're in the wrong or they're in the wrong. It's just it, what's what works for you that matters the most. Um, but I am, to be, uh, to be honest, I'm more concerned about the emotional health of the kids because I, I see a lot of children coming to see us with anxiety disorders mm-hmm. at a very young age. And, and we're trying to help them cope with their own stresses. But most of the time, it's the father, it's the mother, it's the parents that need the support to be able to talk to the kids better. So if the parents are freaking about the COVID, imagine how the kids, the kids are going to feel yeah. going back to school, right? Exactly. So we need to be able to talk to our kids in a way that's reassuring, that's supportive, that's giving them tools to help them feel safe and strong, as opposed to, oh, my God, I can't wait till you get home. I'm so worried for you today. What are you going to do? I mm-hmm. hope you're going to be okay. Right. I mean, and don't forget so- your mask, and don't forget this, and don't forget to wash your hands 100 times. And mm-hmm. it's like there is going to be, you're right, a, a whole lot of stress involved, especially if they want kids. I don't know if they – I heard something about wearing masks. I don't know if they, they want the kids to wear masks. I don't know how that's going to all work out. But, uh, but, but there's definitely the emotional repercussions of going back to school for the kids and the teachers, um, the level of stress is going to be very high in the first few weeks mm-hmm. for everybody, I think. Mm-hmm. And I think that's something that we need to be able to talk about is how to bring back everybody safely, of course, but actually, you know, also making them feel safe emotionally um, going back to class. And I think that that needs to come from the parents themselves. And, and one of the things I encourage parents to do is to talk to the kids at their age level um, you know, no, not information that's over their heads. Don't give them too much information. Right. Uh, don't talk about your jobs and money and, and, and the virus and all mm-hmm. that stuff. Talk to them in a way that, that's supportive, that's reassuring. That they need to feel emotionally safe so that they can thrive. Right. So a couple yeah. of, go ahead, Jackie. Oh, uh, sorry. It's hard. <laughs> I can't see you. I know, I know. No cues, right? <laughs> I, I didn't mean to, to cut in. No, no, go. Cut in. Um, That's what we're here for. Um, I think there's two things. Like one is just going into even making the decision, like being able to give yourself permission that, you know, okay, let me work this out. Let me talk it out. Like maybe sometimes I'm going to feel more comfortable, less 
then I won't feel, I'll feel less comfortable. But to give yourself permission to kind of go through that process, like it's not set in stone, just like the date is not set in stone, it could change Mm -hmm. based on, you also want to, I think, as a parent to give yourself permission, okay, this is making me feel more comfortable. No, this is making me feel a little bit, and like give yourself permission to to work through it. Like you don't have to decide right now what, you know, you're going to do. And also, okay, if I am going to do this, what, what are some things that are going to make me feel prepared for it? Like maybe, and maybe it's simple things. Maybe it's like, you know what? We haven't really been on a regular sleep schedule lately. Let's, you know, get back to our regular sleep schedule Mm -hmm. or let's, you know, get back to doing things that make us feel prepared, like to to go back to uh, that kind of routine, routine. you know? So maybe it's eating, you know, eating better, eating more regular meals, sleeping more regularly, you know, getting a little bit more, you know, uh, being more active because if we haven't been so much, but just, you know, allowing us to feel like, okay, I I am preparing to transition into, you know, getting back uh, to the routine of school. But I think it's just for people just to give themselves a lot of permission that they're going to go back and forth, go back and forth you know, until they feel comfortable. And maybe not feel so pressured by kids because the kids themselves can bring pressure, right? No, I Mm want to go back. I want to go back without necessarily grasping the, that family's particular situation. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, do they understand that, you know, mom is diabetic and she's at high risk or, you know, do do they really get that? Mm Mm-hmm. Or, you know, my friend's not my friend's not going back. How come I have to go back? Right. Or that um, the other side. Yeah. I don't want to go back to school. Right. Yeah. Exactly. So dealing with that, I don't know, Stefan, how do you uh, how do you deal with kids who are like, Why did why do I have to go back and my friend doesn't have to go back? <laughs> Life isn't fair sometimes, is it? <laughs> oh, that's what you tell the kids. <laughs> Sorry, kiddo. Yeah. <laughs> Life's a bitch, you know. Yeah. Suck it up, Buttercup. That's right. <laughs> Sometimes I guess that's that's all you can say as a parent. It's like, sorry, kiddo, but them's the mm. rules, you know. <laughs> my choice, my decision, not yours. Right. Um, yeah. But yeah. Now we can turn it around to make it more focused on positive things. Like, what what are you grateful for? What are you lucky to have? What are you what, looking forward to? about you going back to school early? Tell me some of those things that are going to happen right. that that are good things as opposed to the, the potentially bad things that we're stressed about. Right. And, so, and I have to say, kids must be bored at this point. Uh, you know, they can't go to the park. They can barely go mm-hmm. outside. I mean, mm-hmm. it's like the boredom must be setting in. And, and what do kids do when they're oh. bored? They act out. <laughs> they veg. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not a great situation when you've got And I, I think some parents, too, are, like, I've spoke to a lot of parents who are just feeling this enormous guilt like mm. I'm not making it, you know, um, engaging enough or I'm not giving them enough activities or, you know, they are, you know, just too much screen time. And, yeah, their right? neurons are, mm-hmm. are disintegrating. And I think sometimes for some parents, the thought of going back to school is it's almost like the relief of not having the guilt anymore. Right. right? That that's right. OK. Like I won't because uh, I've spoken to a lot of parents who just feel this sense of I'm not doing enough. And it's really hard to think, you know, right now, it's like, yeah, what you're doing is good enough because this is a really difficult situation. Right, right. So um, that, that sense of guilt, I think, is really, some people are really struggling with that right now. I, I've noticed that, too, with clients who are like, I, 
I can't do the homework or I, I can't sit there and teach. I can't do it. And what's wrong with me? And mm-hmm. yeah, and it, it's, uh, they're beating themselves up. So I'm noticing parents beating themselves up. Are you beating yourself up for not doing enough? Are you happy to have your kids go back to school? Is this a relief? Do your kids want to go back to school? And how do we manage these conversations? Our therapist panel in studio, Jackie Miller and Stefan Ben Susan and myself, three psychologists here to help you navigate this, uh, this return, this, uh, you know, releasing a little bit of the, uh, the confinement. Passion with Dr. Lori Batito on CJAD 800. Our therapist panel in, uh, I was going to say in studio virtual tonight. I'm here, they're there, over there, over there. We're all kind of disconnected, but connected. connected. (laughs) (laughs) Word counts the most. That's right. We're disconnected, but connected. Uh, Stefan Bensus and Jackie Miller, two psychologists here. Let me just share some text here. Um, I'm a teacher, and I don't want to go back to work. Mm -hmm. I don't feel safe enough to go back, and I'm happy to get paid not to be at work. I feel for the teachers who are going to have a real... um, like a, a situation they've never, ever, ever encountered before. Like it's stressful enough to be a teacher of a bunch of kids. It This this added stress of trying to maintain, d- making sure they stay away from each other is going to be really tough. Okay. Really feel for the teachers. I don't know if you have any, any yeah, teacher friends or or, or Well, clients. I'm a teacher. <laughs> yeah, besides the, the CJEP teacher. But you, yeah. you, they don't have to go back to school, right? No, we're not. We're not going back. Um, and uh, as far as I know, because it's mm-hmm. always ever changing, right? Right. But, um, but I feel for the teachers and the pressure because, you know, there's the sense of, um, you know, parents are trusting me with their kids in this situation, right. and. And also feeling like, well, I'm going to be in a situation where I'm going to be exposed to a lot of different, Mm -hmm. you know, different people, and then I'm going home. So it's it's such a it's such a tough situation. And I think one of the things is, like, this is a like, eventually every all kids are going to be back at school. I mean, that's eventually going to happen. And I think it's having Mm -hmm. lots of empathy to know that for for a lot of people, you may it's going to be at their own pace. And just having empathy for people, you know, because this is going to be, I think, it's going to be difficult. Yeah, and parents, like, like, un- please, the, the compassion towards these teachers that are going yeah. back there to teach your kids. Yeah. Uh, I think, um, like, <laughs> hats off to them, and they deserve all the respect in the world for putting themselves out there, too, those that do um, go back to work. And I respect those that won't. You know, yeah. that, that have their own reasons why they don't feel ready to go back. And I totally respect that. I don't think they should be forced to go back uh, either. I think it needs to be voluntary mm-hmm. in that respect, too. A couple of other texts. Uh, lifting of COVID-19 restrictions is very stressful and uncertain for me. But we got to go on and also be ready to make potentially very consequential decisions on a moment's notice. And be and show calm around any kids involved too, no matter their age. And I guess that's the hard part is when you're feeling really anxious and uncertain Mm -hmm. to try and show calm to the kids, right? That is the hard part. And and that's a lot about breathing and staying calm and being able to, to stay grounded and 
and maybe teachers need to work on doing a little bit of meditation in the morning mm. or some sort of relaxation mm. exercise. Great idea. And, and yeah. maybe even in the classroom, teaching the kids how to do some breathing and some meditation and will actually help everybody to kind of stay calm and work through this all together. If we work as a team, maybe we can get through this as opposed to I have to have really big shoulders and support every single person right. in this class. That's, that's, that's not necessarily the right way to do it, and it's, it's going to burn the poor teachers out, I think. Mm-hmm. But I think well, if we all kind of pitch in together and make it a team thing, I think that can be a, a wiser and, and right. more group bonding experience. As what well. a great opportunity, actually, to let go of some of the academics mm-hmm. and focus on life skills and and teach go. kids mindfulness and meditation and i mean stefan you've done this in in elementary schools where yeah, you're teaching kids it. right that's right we've gone into my in schools and taught them what, what what is mindfulness and what is how how to breathe and how to relax their bodies and there is one school in west island twice a day they get together and they uh, for one minute uh, as soon as they come in in the morning and one minute after lunch they do a mindful moment where they stop and, and listen to a little audio um, mm-hmm. with my voice leading mm-hmm. through, and um, they learn how to kind of meditate. That's and that amazing. And that kind of sets the tone for the morning and the afternoon to kind of be all in sync and kind of be calm and grounded and be ready to, to learn as opposed to just come in and feel all, all over the place. Well, I think you should write to the minister, <laughs> and I think you should give him your suggestions. Well, that would be fun. It'd be my honor. <laughs> I think you should do it, regardless. Uh, like a couple of other texts here. I I would base my decision based on my region. If I lived in LaSalle, I may be more reluctant because LaSalle is a hot spot, but Bay Durfee, a far less risk, so lots to consider. Another text, and this I've heard from a few people, I think it is ridiculous that they want to pack the kids back into schools while single people can't go on a date to meet someone or have a friend over or a parent over for coffee. The hypocrisy is making me a bit angry. I -hmm. get that. It's like, what? So we're still supposed to stay one family, one home, not let anybody else in, not even one other person, but yet our kids can go back to school and be with 15 other kids? Yeah, I think this is what parents are struggling with. It's the trust issue, right? It's like, well, I'm kind of getting these conflicting different messages, and how is going opening school how does that fit into all the other information that I'm gathering and all the other information that I'm getting out there that just doesn't seem to fit into that you know idea and so I don't know how it can be presented to parents where it will make more sense maybe that's what's going to be important to happen between now and when they Mm -hmm. when they actually do reopen the schools it's not even Um, just the parent like it's not even about the schools but it is the it is the hypocrisy or the mm -hmm. like what about us who don't have like for me for example or you or or we have older kids they they, we don't have to worry about that but we we're still feeling restricted to 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 even to get together even with one person Mm mm-hmm so. Yeah, it doesn't it doesn't sound fair, but I think the the ministry is working with with um, scientific um, predictions, mm-hmm. and they're looking at risk factors, and and the chances of kids getting sick and and dying are much smaller than 
the potential for adults to do that. So I think that's why they're they're starting with the younger ones to begin with. Mm-hmm. Doesn't mean it's fair. Doesn't mean it's right. I'm not the it's one. It's not about rules, fairness, right? It's, it's, it, it, yeah, there's no, no fairness in all of this. It's not. Mm-hmm. I think it is a, a calculation. These are calculated risks. But then you have parents who are saying, like, I don't want my kid. They feel like their kids are are the guinea pigs yeah. for this, right? The lab rats. In a way. So yeah, but I, I think this, there's going to be more and more softening of the measures. Um, you know, there are some provinces that are already relaxing those measures and allowing one family to get to go with another family oh, if they're okay. symptom-free. So that's, that's somewhere in the Maritimes. So okay. it's coming. It's just a question of days. I don't think they're going to announce all the, uh, uh, the, the stuff going back to school, going back to normal life all at once. I think it's got to be a step-by-step process. Right. So I think it just we need to be patient. There's that, but and also to understand that we may not go back to normal. We may still, right. you know, we're still going to have to practice as much as possible the distance, and we're still not going to be shaking hands and 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 kissing and doing all of that. Like we still have to, even if we loosen and lift some of these restrictions the guidelines have to stay in place. You're going to have to wash your hand. The hygiene is going to have to stay. So there are certain things that we've learned through this pandemic that I think are, is good practice anyway. I think we can, we can let go of the double cheek kiss and we can let go of, uh, of Mm -hmm. shaking hands and it's okay. Let's do how they do in other countries. Let's bow to each other. You know, that's okay Mm -hmm. too, uh, in terms of greeting. So I just think we're going to have to find a new way. And if we can all accept that new new way, it'll be easier for us to get back into some semblance of more and, normal. And to know it, it's like a learning curve, right? <laughs> like this is a learning, like we're learning yeah. a new way. And we may do things at the beginning that, oh, that doesn't work. And we readjust. And But it's a learning curve, you know. Yeah. And so I think that that's going to be important to keep in mind that it's like to have realistic expectations yeah. it's going to be a little and we're bumpy. all learning we're yeah, all including exactly. the government as yeah, as it exactly. as it goes and the scientifics and, and all of those things guys thank you so much for joining us here on passion and taking the time uh stay safe and uh jackie where can people find you uh so my number is 514-772-5683 and i'm located in the west island wonderful stefan ben susan where can people find you so they can reach us through the website at psante.com, P-S-Y-Sante.com, or 514-542-6888. Wonderful. Thank you guys so much. We'll speak you, to Lori. you next month. All right. Okay, take care. Take care. Bye-bye now. Uh, you can reach me uh, through my website, drlaurie.com. You can email me, laurie at drlaurie.com. Thank you all for spending your time with me. Thanks to our uh, wonderful technical producer, Dave Simon. Uh, coming up next here on CJD, we bring you the CTV National News. Have a wonderful rest of the evening, and remember to live your life with passion. I